Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, February 1st, and I think everybody knows what that really means. It is Super Bowl Sunday, wherever you are, and as we record this. By the time you're listening, who knows? It could be uh, Wimbledon. Uh, it could be on. Uh, the... <laughs> That's the great thing about podcasts, right? You can listen whenever you want. I am Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California, joined by three of my sisters. Monica Dolan, you're in Portland, Oregon. How is everything there? Wonderful. Wonderful. Looking forward to the big game today. Big games. Now, are Oregonians just naturally Seahawks fans, or do you have a spread mm-hmm. among your friends? Uh, I think everyone's a Seahawks fan. Yeah. Everyone at work was. Yeah. And yeah. most of my friends. Okay. All right. Uh, also joining us, Julie Dolan, Urban Nana. Where are you? We don't even Skype. We just Skype you up. We don't know if you're still in Brooklyn or you're home in Texas, or you could be in an entirely different place. That I feel, yeah, I feel like I've been on the moon for the last month, Liz, <laughs> in, in, or a different planet at least, in Brooklyn, New York. But I'm back in Dallas for the time being. But uh, I'll have more on my report on Urban Nana because I was so successful, I've been invited back. <laughs> <laughs> By another couple or the same couple? <laughs> the same couple, Monica. The same child. They want to. They want to extend the assignment. That's you know. That's a good. Sign. Congratulations, Julie. Congratulations. I'm sure that's a tough gig to get. And uh, Sheila Dolan, you are in South Pasadena, California. How is everything there? Everything's great. The sun is shining. Uh, it's it's it's. I'm off work right now, and I'm feeling good. <laughs> okay, we have many things coming up uh, in today's show, including last week, Sheila. We mentioned that you were at traffic school, so uh, we're going to get an update on how that was. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> and my case, my case is closed, but I will give you an update. <laughs> and I hear you had a night at a comedy show and another naked conversation. So we have that to look forward to. Monica, you've seen all the Oscar shorts. You're probably the only person outside of the actual Academy that can say that. So you're going to help us win our Oscar pool? I am. I have some picks for you who uh, may win and who I would like to see win. Okay. All right. And uh, I have uh, basically kind of an entertainment report coming up at the end. You know, last weekend I was at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. So shout out to our satellite sister, Tracy. Totally saved the day. More on that. Plus, as I mentioned on last week's show, I've been asked by the New York Post to be on their panel of people rating the Super Bowl commercials. So I've seen most of them, sisters. I can tell you what I think of most of them. So we will uh, we'll have that at the end of the show. But first, Urbanana, you got to catch us up. Last weekend, you were in Oklahoma City for some reason. I still don't understand that. But- I went to a wonderful wedding, Liz, but, you know, the assignment continued. I got right back in there. I sort of slipped out of New York before uh, a big storm and then back into New York before another storm. Um, uh, for, for, to complete my month long assignment okay. where I've been taking care of my 
absolutely adorable uh, granddaughter, Josephine, who um, will turn five months old this week. So that Wow. Oh, she is the cutest thing, Julie. She's she's an amazing, uh, amazing little girl. And uh, I was so successful on my assignment. Yes, there's talk that I might make a return visit. (laughs) And I swear, if I go back to Brooklyn, um, you know, one of the things that I didn't get to do when I was there is we were going to have a Satellite Sister meetup with some some of the longtime Satellite Sister listeners. That will happen. Okay, okay. so I will keep you posted on the month of March. That's when uh, I have another window of opportunity. <laughs> March but, in New York City. Yippee. Another- well, Liz, I was there in January. Okay, they got another storm coming. Okay, I survived the storm of the century. But, you know, I, I did have some wonderful New York experiences. And um, this week, uh, on Friday, my daughter-in-law, Josephine, and I took uh, the New York City subway, which is an experience that if you go to New York, you you have to take the subway. Right, sisters? You do. The former New oh, York. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, Julie, I, know- I even have one of my favorite pictures of all time that I have is your sons when they were little on the New York City subway. You remember you came to New York for Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Yes. And we went to Chinatown for dinner. Not Thanksgiving dinner, but one of the dinners. When it, and I have Nick and Will uh, sitting on the subway just looking totally amazed. at. The, yeah. <laughs> it was like the best ride they had ever been on at that point in their life. Yes, they thought it was an amusement ride. Yes. They didn't realize that it was public transportation because it rocked back and forward. The lights went out. They yes. thought it was. They thought it was awesome. But I know a lot of visitors to New York are a little afraid to go on the subway because it seems like a big system. It's pretty easy to use. Yeah. But I had I had an experience on Friday which I had not had before. Um, sisters, uh, my former New Yorkers, are, are you familiar with Showtime on the New York City subways? No, uh, no, no Julie. I've okay. seen a lot of things on the New York City subway, but never Showtime. Showtime. That's what it's called. So we got on a subway car, Josephine, Lauren, and I. We were sitting sort of at the end of the car. We, um, Someone gave us a seat because of Josephine, which was very nice. And then as the car pulled away from the station, uh, somebody yelled out, it's Showtime. And that's when the music starts. Uh, they have their own music system, very sort of snappy hip hop music. But I guess people in New York know about Showtime because what happened is they pretty much clear the car. Like everyone who's in the middle of the car, they are now rushing towards the end of the car. Because what Showtime is, is acrobatics. Um, oh. They use... They they uh, target in particular some of the older subway cars that have more poles in them. You know that where you would hold on to a pole in a subway car, but this the poles they use for spinning, for flipping, for what? dancing. Yes, showtime! Oh subways. my yes. god, that's fantastic. It, uh, you know, and they like in particular they like um, certain routes uh, on the subway where you have a little you know longer time between the station. You you know, yeah. so this like a four minute, four minutes is good for showtime because then you get a full <laughs> show, show yes. on the show, on, on showtime. So and like they, if you're going to Brooklyn when you're under the river, that's yeah. a nice long stretch there from Manhattan to Brooklyn, something like yes. that? Oh, yes. Okay. So don't be surprised if someone yells out showtime. And these it, people are talented, uh, Sheila. They, you know, they had costumes on. They were sort of black and silver shirts. They were doing flips. Sometimes they roll up and down the subway car. That's what Ooh. Lauren says. But it's really very entertaining. <laughs> and I, it is the one time that I really felt like, 
if they come by with the hat, I'm going to put a dollar in, you know, because <laughs> right. I, I enjoyed Showtime on the New York City subway. And, and Julie, how old were these people? Were they? They kids? were in their twenties. They were kids, you know, in their twenties, uh, and they did uh, they did their act. And then we got to the station, and they moved on. Showtime was going somewhere else, or maybe they were taking. Oh. They were taking it on the road. <laughs> yes, but, uh, but Lauren explained it's on the older subway cars because they're more poles and yeah. they're able to do some of their more intricate flips and cartwheels that they can't really do um, on some of the newer on some of the newer cars. So they're, they're just people- getting tuned up for Cirque du Soleil. Yes, that's yes. sort of what it's like, Liz. It's like Cirque du Soleil on the subway. So, uh, and people seem to know what it means when they hear. <laughs> and I assume there was a collection. Uh, yes, but very briefly, uh, Liz, I, they didn't really work the car as well as I thought they uh, were going to because I wasn't able to contribute. But if I return, if Urban Nana heads back to New York uh, in March, I'm, I'm going to be looking for showtime on the subway because it was it was fun. It was fun. Now, the other big uh, the other big thing that I observed on the streets of uh, Brooklyn, you know, it's been cold this month in New York, no doubt about it. But I wanted to talk about the dogs of Brooklyn. OK, well, first of all, hats off to dogs, you know, because. Have they just have such a remarkable ability to adapt? I mean, I think that's why they're <laughs> the number one because it's not really dog friendly in uh, Brooklyn, in New York City. No, you know, the life of an urban canine is not good. I know. I mean, they're in these smaller apartments. I mean, even when they're taken for a walk, there's only a limited number of trees, you know, and like (laughs) hundreds of dogs are working those same trees every day, you know. And those poor poor trees survive all of those dogs. That's what I... Those are urban trees, Sheila, special (laughs) trees that grow in New York. But you got to give them out for the style. Uh, Now, uh, Sheila and Monica, I saw a lot of style on the street in Brooklyn on on these dogs. First of all, a big trend was faux fur on the dogs, which I don't really understand because they have their own fur. (laughs) And why they need to have like a faux fur collar on on their dog sweater, I don't get. But sounds but, adorable. But it does sound good. Other second big trend I saw was you, you know Outlander, one of our favorite uh, series here on uh, Satellite Sisters. So I saw a lot of Outlander like sweaters, you know, big cowl necks on little dogs. Oh, it's you know, so they very high style sweaters uh, going on. The Is that because everyone in Brooklyn knits now, though? Could they be making those sweaters themselves? Because well, isn't yes. hipster knitting sort of yes. a thing? Well- which it sort of it segues into my third big trend, Liz, which is ironic dog sweaters. There's <laughs> a lot of those in Brooklyn. You know, ones with thunderbolts on them, maybe a question mark, perhaps just a skull and crossbones. Yes, a lot of homemade, ironic-looking sweaters on dogs. But they wear them. They don't care. You know, if that's what if that's what it has to do, you have to do to be a Brooklyn dog. That's what these dogs do. And then. Finally, Sheila, all yes. kinds of accessories. You know, I mean, scarves, booties, which I think would be For very dogs. Dangerous. Yes, they have booties. Oh yeah, little. Well, don't booties. you need the booties because the sidewalks are so cold, and also they put salt on the sidewalks, and so it burns their little pads. Yes, Liz. I yes. think booties are very practical. 
booties, boots, you know. Um, I saw a lot of quilting this season, too, like horse <laughs> blankets, you know, quilted pads, harnessing things. Were, the, so, were these dogs in strollers or were they being walked? <laughs> well, some, Sheila, that's an excellent question. Because you know, as Urban Nana, because I was out there with my stroller and my granddaughter, half the time when I would see a stroller, it would have a dog in it. Yes. So I thought I would, like, strike up conversation with, you know, another young mother, young parent. No, they were dogs in, in the strollers. <laughs> oh, Julie. So we had to move on. But um, all in all, it was very exciting to be there. Exciting to be with the dogs. Great times on the subways. Mm. And just, uh, just a wonderful time with little Josephine. Sounds- well, Ju- hey. yeah, Julie, now that you're in the, the Nana business, I have kind of a serious question to ask you because the it seems like there's been another whole wave of news about vaccinations and whether or not people are uh, vaccinating their kids because of this measles epidemic that started in, of all places, the happiest place on earth, Disneyland. So I'm just wondering, does Urban Nana, you're, there you are riding the New York City subway system with your five-month-old. What's your position on vaccination? And have you and Josephine's actual mother discussed this issue? Yes. Oh, yes, we have. With, with Josephine's parents, they're very strong on you have to vaccinate the child. It is mm-hmm. not a choice. In fact, I can't believe it's not a law. I mean, I, that's what Urban Nana says. They have to make this a law. It is. It should not be it, your choice as a parent because you have read something from a celebrity online, you know, uh, or that you just, you know, that you don't want uh, to introduce, t- you know, whatever into your child's system that you get to walk around unvaccinated because, you know, measles is very serious. It's, I mean, it's a serious, Monica, right? It's a serious yeah. illness. It can kill. Yeah, like anything to young kids. Yes. I mean, and so Josephine is a good example of someone who is, has not, will not, has not received the vaccination yet because she's too young. And, you know, you have people walking around that, you know, have the ability to get vaccinations, have access to, uh, to vaccinations, but just for whatever reason, feel like they don't have to do it for their child. And I, and I think it's wrong. So I, Urban mm. Nana is going to be sponsoring legislation <laughs> to make it a law. You have to get vaccinated. Okay. I plan to be the chief <laughs> spokesperson on this. Okay. Okay. I assumed you had a policy on this. I just wanted to know what it Thank you. Now, okay. I mean, now that you're like expanding your practice, you're going to need to have policies on many things, including yes. this. <laughs> well, this is Sheila. I haven't talked to you girls in a while. Uh, as you remember, you probably, I think you mentioned I was at traffic school last weekend. Yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> Mon- Monica's laughing because I did call her and preview uh, what oh, actually happened. from traffic okay. school. I wait, called, wait a minute. What would you say, Monica? I didn't hear you. You called me from traffic school <laughs> to report on traffic school. <laughs> All right. I'll just keep it simple. Um, I did meet the instructor. <laughs> uh, money was exchanged. Forms were filled out. But it was more of a home study course. Uh-huh. So... Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I met my instructor on a street corner uh, (laughs) down on Colorado Boulevard in Santa Monica. Uh, There was one other student attending that day. 
but um also on the same street corner yes she was there in fact we had to use the back of her car to do some paperwork (laughs) (laughs) this sounds really uh above board sheila it was i mean i i had worksheets to take home um and so here's the thing remember i was going this original saga started when I was coming back from the pool early morning. I was going 15 miles above the speed limit on a deserted street at 6 a.m. So let's see, cha-ching, $382 for the ticket. Then, then I had to pay an additional $60 just to have the option to go to traffic school. Mm-hmm. And then you have to pay traffic school. You, I paid my instructor another $50. Um, so this was a very expensive, um, enterprise. And, um, so I was happy when my instructor told me that, uh, it was actually a home study. So he handed us pamphlets and, and, (laughs) and worksheets and books and things to study at home after we had paid the fee, because as it turns out, we couldn't get in his friend's storefront. It was locked. So now I've heard about it. I mean, this whole traffic school thing in LA is a total, uh, it's a total business. There are like comedians that do comedy traffic school and that's how they support themselves. There, there are all kinds of different brands of traffic school, right? Liz, they give you a sheet. It's double-sided, two papers filled with hundreds and hundreds of options and I mean, I called the first one I saw. It was called Cheap Traffic School. <laughs> <laughs> and this it's was a good brand, don't you think, Liz? Yeah, that's putting it right out there. That's what people want. This was cheap, and it was. It turned out to be very fast, as it were, because I, I did the studying at home. Uh-huh. So um, I mean, it was as if I was doing it online. Uh, but but I was just doing it uh, with forms and things Which like Which meant you that. really didn't do it at all, did you? <laughs> well, we promised. We promised our instructor we would do it. He, he, and so then I got. I told. I said, "Well, how will I know that all of this?" Okay, so let me tell you what happened. There was another woman in traffic school that day. Not in, actually, on the street corner, <laughs> and we. We both drove off after getting our receipts, getting our, our charts with, you know, stop signs and yield signs, our worksheets, <laughs> et cetera. And she followed, it looks like she kind of followed me home. I, I was driving home and all of a sudden she pulls up next to me and says, roll down your window. I go, oh no. I go, I go, hello. She goes, uh, did you trust what went on back there? I was like, <laughs> she's like, is that legitimate? I go, oh yeah, it's legitimate. It's fine. She goes, can I just get your phone number just in case it doesn't work out? And I looked at her. I said, I do not give out my phone number. Oh. And so, and then we drove off. So that was traffic school okay, for me. What's interesting about that to me, Sheila, is that <laughs> she was the untrusting one. Cause normally that's your role. Normally, you're the one that thinks everyone is working a scam. Yeah, you totally went for this. I looked in my instructor's eyes, and he smiled and said, "You, you promise me now?" I go, "Yes, I do." I liked him instantly. <laughs> I mean, we had a bond right away, 
And um, so that was traffic school. And as it turned out, I got, you know, I got a lot done because in between studying my worksheets, I got my laundry done that day. So it's really good. (laughs) Well, Sheila, now that you've completed traffic school, does that reduce your fine or does it uh, It doesn't reduce your fine at all? It just makes sure it it just guarantees you it doesn't uh, take any points on your license, whatever that means. Okay. Okay. So I did, in fact, check my record and my record is closed. And my instructor assured me that uh, he sent he sent the forms, and I'll know that everything went through when my my case says closed, uh-huh. and I'm closed. Okay. And you know what? Just because I paid that much money, I am more aware of my speed. I do not ever want to go through that again. Okay. So I I am driving like Monica would, right, Monica? At, at the speed limit. Well, there's a reason there is a speed limit, and. <laughs> I I figure people have studied different speed limits and different situations and figured out what's the most safe speed. And so I follow those recommendations. I know. You're very good about That's that. I've never gotten a ticket. That was traffic school. Um, and, um, yeah, a couple things. Oh, so I went out last night, which was a huge deal. Um, <laughs> Saturday night, getting all psyched to go out? Saturday night took a lot of Starbucks uh, because my friend was doing some stand-up comedy. My friend Pablo was doing some stand-up comedy in Burbank, mm-hmm. and he comped me a ticket. And, you know, when, when a friend comps you a ticket and it's stand-up on a Saturday night, they really want you to go, you have to, you have to go. Yeah, yeah, you got to go. That, yeah. It's it's really hard. Um, so there's a there is a comedy club in Burbank called Flappers. <laughs> <laughs> you may have seen it. You may have heard of it. Probably not. Um, it's a it's a big establishment. There's a main room at Flappers, and what I didn't know is that Pablo was playing not in the main room, but in the woohoo room at Flappers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very small venue, very tightly, tightly, not packed because we're hardly, the only people there were the actual stand-ups and their families. Yeah. Okay. And, and then I showed up and maybe one other person showed up. So that was, that was the crowd. That is nice of you to go. Yeah. Sheila, you were a That's, good friend. To yes. Show up for That's public. important. Mm-hmm. And every time I, I go hear comedy, I think I should be up there, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I gotta, you used to do more of that. I got to get my material together. So anyway, Pablo was the best, but the headliner. So really what it was, was it's more of a sort of a geriatric um, comedy uh, club (laughs) because the MC was a nice, you know, 60, 65 year old woman. So you don't, you don't normally see an older crowd standing up. And then there was an actual 70 year old woman. Oh. Who who did some com- <laughs> who did some comedy? You gotta so. love that. I can imagine you at seventy doing that. Um, well, I hope I'm funnier at seventy <laughs> than she was. Oh. <laughs> and then our headliner, Julie. You may not have heard of him, but Liz, you certainly have. Fritz Coleman, the local weatherman. Oh, oh my I, God! Oh, I know Fritz. I, I mean, he's been on the he's been on the doing the weather in California for what. 30 years, yeah. it seems like. First, yeah. Julie, yeah. that was his opening line. Uh, I do this. I've done the same thing for 30 years in a city that has no weather. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but it both Fritz Coleman. So um, it was a 9.30 show. Fritz came out about 10.30. And I, I want to say, um, I think he should stick to weather. <laughs> Not really that funny? Was his routine mainly weather jokes? No, Monica, he took a couple pot shots at his job, which I didn't expect him to do. But he's a he's a he's a fine looking. Well, he's 70. Fritz Coleman is 70. Wow. Well, he really um, has been on the weather. Like, Julie, even when you lived in Southern California yes. a million years ago, he was the weatherman, right? Exactly. Those are, those are yeah. very stable jobs, I think. I know. I, it, it's stable. So, um, but his comedy was mainly focused on things like there was a lot of colonoscopy humor. Oh. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, urologist humor. Oh. And, well, this is why you put it in the geriatric category? Right. And there was, um, he had a bit where he, where he basically um, imitated his own snoring that went on for about five minutes. <laughs> but, ladies, he's single. He's single. So I uh, just want to put that out there. So Fritz Coleman bringing it on home at the Woohoo Room at Roberts on a Saturday night. I'm surprised you can even talk to us today, Sheila, after that kind of evening. I know. It was late night, Julie. It was a late night, but what I did was I prepared all day. So I went swimming in the morning, and, you know, I need to do that. I mean, I need to do that and drink lots of coffee if I'm going to have the energy to stay up past 8 o'clock. Um, and as it turns out, I had a nice, another, another naked conversation in my locker room. Nice. Uh, oh, okay. So do tell, I thought you were back at flappers. I was like naked conversation. The flappers don't sound good, but no, no, it's swimming. Yes. at swimming. So I went early in the morning swimming and, um, to get, you know, ready for going out on a Saturday night, Liz. And, and there was apparently another woman was going out that night because, you know, I find, um, this is what I find, because I've had a lot of naked conversations at my locker room at the pool, and I think if you can open it up with sort of an open-ended question or statement, people feel comfortable talking to you naked. So I saw a woman, um, my age, struggling with getting her exercise clothes back on after swimming, Uh and I I have, I will admit it. I now have to sit down to put my pants on. (laughs) (laughs) And I I never thought I would be the type of woman who had to sit to get her pants on. (laughs) But but you can, I can no longer balance. You can't stand on one foot. And she couldn't stand on one foot. And so I was just, I was empathizing with her. Uh And I just, it's a lot of work, isn't it? She said, oh, she said, it's terrible. So that opened it up. And um, she said, well, I haven't been swimming in a few days, so I'm exhausted. I said, me too. She said, I usually have a protein shake in the morning, but I didn't have my protein shake. And um, I said, I just drink coffee. That's my protein shake. (laughs) And... um, (laughs) She and said, "They were just buck naked having this conversation." <laughs> yes, she's naked from the waist up, and I'm, I mean, I'm naked basically from the waist down, and um, and then, <laughs> and then she said, "Well, at least I'm getting my nails done." I said, "I want to get my nails done today." She said, "And I'm getting my hair colored." I said, "So am I." <laughs> oh wow! 
And then finally, which really bonded us, which really cinched us, she said, and I have to go out tonight and I need, need makeup. So I'm thinking of going to the Bobby Brown counter at Nordstrom to pay the $50 to get the makeup. I go, that's what I do. <laughs> so did you two just spend the whole rest of the day together? <laughs> we, we, it, it's like we could have, Liz. It's really like we could have. Um, but I appreciated her. We, you know, we both eventually got our clothes on. Because I think the thing is, it just takes longer to get your clothes on the, yeah. the older you get. <laughs> you know, it's, it's more of a struggle. Mm-hmm. So I met a new friend at the pool. And uh, hopefully I'll see her again. And uh, we talked about under-eye corrector and um, lots of lots of heavy subjects. And um, did you? And, no, you didn't know yet that Fritz was single. You could have passed along that information. Well, she had a nice wedding ring on her finger. Oh, okay. So that's the thing that differentiated this woman from me. The only thing that differentiated her was a ginormous uh, diamond ring on her finger. <laughs> As it turns out. So, yeah, um, I have a day to recover before going back to work. So that's it. That's what I've been up to. Oh, busy weekend flapping around. (laughs) (laughs) Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Flapping around and flappers. Well, um, this Monica, I had a a very enjoyable movie experience the past couple days. So I went to see the Oscar-nominated short films. Uh, they come in two categories, live action and animation. And it's just great that they're showing them at a couple of theaters in Portland. So it was like going to uh, a mini film festival. Like yeah, that must be fun. fun. Like, How short are the short films, Monica? Pardon me? How short are the short films? That's an excellent question, Julie. Um, well, they range, like I saw the short live action films and those were like five minutes to some of them were 25 minutes. And then I saw the short action animation films and some of them were two minutes. They were like two to 20 minutes. So you get to see like six or seven movies in one setting and seeing these are the ones that are nominated for the Oscars. They're all good. Um, so I didn't get to see the short um, action. I mean, the short documentary films, cause those aren't playing yet, but they said they'll be playing the end of February. So I cannot help you with your Oscar predictions on the short documentary films. But uh, the first night I went to see the live action And these are scripted dramas, comedies with actors. Just like to explain what that live action is. Thank you. Um, So the the three of the films featured really strong female leads. So the stories centered around these women. Um, Unfortunately, there weren't any American films nominated in the short live action category. Really? Wow. Nope. So the film that I think will win is called The Phone Call, and it stars Sally Hawkins, the actress. Oh, I love her. I know. Then, Sheila, you would really love this. So it's Sally Hawkins and Jim Broadbent. Oh, um, I love him. I know. Oh. And uh, so I really think this one will win the Oscar. Um, it's intense. It's Sally Hawkins on the phone with Jim Broadbent. So you never see Jim Broadbent, but very powerful movie. I think that will win the movie that I love the best out of the uh, short uh, 
live action was uh, Parvane about this young Afghani immigrant girl. She was living in Switzerland and she needed help sending money to her family. I just thought that that one had a real plot. It was really, really good. I love that. I don't think it's going to win though. Um, and then the third movie that I loved was called Aya. And all I'm going to say it's about a woman who meets a man at the airport. <laughs> okay. I like uh-huh. that. Yeah, you would like that. It. It's very dreamy, a uh, little provocative. That movie really <laughs> stuck with me. So those were those were the live action. And then, you know, generally, I don't love animation. I don't normally go to see animated <laughs> movies, but... Because it's usually like weird animals with mud down eyes. <laughs> well put, Monica. <laughs> like weird looking dolls. <laughs> yeah, because they're not real. They're animated. <laughs> they're animated. And they, you know, there was a fair amount of that thing going on. There was even a movie about bugs. And it was called. Of course there was. <laughs> called Cocoon. Um but I I just was like so up after seeing the other program with the short films. So I went to see the animated films. By the way, sold out all the shows. Really? Know. Okay. Well, that's Portland, right? Playing at two theaters, very popular, <laughs> uh, sold out. So I just, I mean, it the animated films were so wonderful. It was just, really? oh, they were just dreamy. It was amazing. And some of them were pretty serious topics. Um, one was about like two sons arguing over their mother dying and who was going to take care of her. Okay. I didn't like that movie, um, at all, but some of them were very, very delightful. So my top two, um, the first one was called me and my molten. And it was about this young girl from Norway who had these sort of offbeat parents, sort of eccentric parents. And she longed for just a normal life like her neighbors had. And the girls wanted a bicycle. And it was just beautiful, that movie. And then there was one called The Dam Keeper, um, which was just like, I don't even know how to explain Like this gorgeous, it was like a living, breathing painting that was like slightly smudged Mm -hmm. and it was a story about a pig a little pig whose job it was was to take care of a windmill in this town and the windmill protected this town from toxic fumes or something so Hmm. uh, there was no there was no voices in that movie no bug eyes on the pig (laughs) <laughs> no, no bug eyes on the pig there were no bug eyes on the that was such a gorgeous movie but really a little heavy it's a little bit longer i don't think it's going to win what i think will win is disney uh studios their picture is called feast and all i'm going to say it is a puppy dog a baby <gasps> and some meatballs and that that wait a minute would you say a puppy dog a baby and some meatballs Yes, a puppy dog, a cute baby, some meatballs. It hilarity ensues. It's just really. I think that movie will win. I think Feast will win the animated short, but I wish that the Dam Keeper would. Um, and I just recommend if you have a chance to see these programs to see them this weekend. Okay. Well, well, I'm listening to your reviews, thinking Josephine might like a few of these. Yes, she. I'm sure she'd like to uh, the puppy, the meatballs, and the uh, (laughs) The the other baby meatballs, the spaghetti, 
Um, not the one about the mother dying with the two sons. <laughs> but she, she would like me and my molten, I think. Okay. All right. All right. So this puts you way ahead in any Oscar pool, Monica, because you will be able to vote with some knowledge. Yes. So, yes. so we're just um, going to steal that advantage from you and also go with your picks. Right. Uh, my picks. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Well, um, Liz, you've you've been hobnobbing with some of the Hollywood types there uh, last week. Did, Did you make to... the animators? <gasps> I uh, that's true, Julie. Last weekend, last Sunday, right after we recorded the show, I had to pull myself together and I went to the Screen Actors Guild Awards, the SAG Awards, uh, as they say, and uh, I was invited by my friend Deborah because. Her husband works weekends, so he couldn't go. And also, he hates stuff like this. So she works. She That's works. a good friend to have. Yes, yes. He, she works in the entertainment business, and he doesn't like going to stuff. So uh, so it's, it's an excellent plus one gig to go to something like this. So the SAG Awards, um, the good thing about the SAG Awards is that it's only actors. It's the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. So you don't have to. There no. You don't have to figure out who is that producer or who is that art director or there's not a lot of space taken up by people that you don't care about. It's actors and it's only actors. Uh, and of course, SAG and AFTRA. They are now the same union, SAG-AFTRA. So that's our union as radio performers. So I feel like we need to support SAG for that reason too. Uh, so the, the thing about these things, because they go on the air live on the East Coast at 8 p.m., it means they start here at 5 p.m. on the West Coast, which means you have to get there way in advance because everyone has to be settled in their seats, you know, by like 4.30. You're supposed to be in your seat. But it's kind of a dinner thing, too. So they actually have a cocktail reception that starts at 3 p.m. Yay. So, Sheila, this is totally on your schedule. Oh, you know, yes. It starts at 3, <laughs> d- dinner at 5, show's, oh. show's done by 7. Then there's the after party, which is completely like they've rolled up the carpets by 9 p.m. It is. Well, Fr- Fritz would like that, too, because he'd be snoring by 8.30, he's, as he said last night. Watch, so. maybe you could be his plus one. <laughs> he was looking at me through the darkness at the, uh, I was in the back there. Oh, yeah. Of course he was. You at the woo-woo room. Yeah. <laughs> woo-woo. The woo-woo room. So, yeah, so this is at the Shrine. And, Sheila, you and I have been together to the SAG Awards. Oh, yes, we have. The memorable moments of standing on the red carpet. Didn't I send you a picture of that piece of red carpet? You did, Liz. And I I remember it well, yelling across the carpet to Joaquin, Joaquin, we have snacks. Joaquin. Yeah. Liz, I want to say the photos from the red carpet of you this year. You were by far the most gorgeous woman there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very Seriously, much. Did you get hair and makeup that day? I did go down to Benefit, you know, on Montana, and I had them do my I had them do my makeup, Sheila. So I just, yeah. I you felt, look stunning. Thank you. Thank you. But no, the real Satellite Sister of the day is longtime listener Tracy. 
because Tracy, as I mentioned on last week's show, had emailed me when she heard me mention like a month ago that I was going to go to this thing. She emailed us at sisters at satellitesisters.com and she said, hey, I work for SAG and every year they let us volunteer at this event. We get to help and I love going because you get to see everyone all dolled up. Everyone looks so beautiful. So Tracy is like the power with the walkie-talkie at the VIP entrance line. Fantastic. So, so we had emailed back and forth so that we could figure out a way to rendezvous, knowing that I would not be in the VIP line. You know, I would be in the regular people line. So we had we had a system kind of worked out. But then, mm-hmm. thank goodness for Tracy, because I made a total rookie mistake, sisters. Like, this is, we all know better than to do this. I go, and uh-huh. I, I forget to bring a photo ID with me. So oh, I have, really? I have like several credit cards with me. Cause I figure, you know, <laughs> I got, you never know, you never know what's going to happen, but I have no photo ID. And so my, oh. my nice friend, Deborah, when she takes out her photo ID, she's like, you have your license, right? And I'm like, Oh my God, no, I totally forgot. <laughs> of course you need to prove who you are to get into something like this just for straight security. And then I was like, Tracy, I got to find Tracy. Tracy can help. And sure enough, uh, like I emailed Tracy from the line. I'm like, Hey, really looking forward to meet you. Here <laughs> now, here I am. Right and, now. and by the way, I know we don't really know each other that well, but I need to ask a big favor. You need to get me into this thing because I forgot my ID. Sure enough. Tracy materializes. I posted a picture of us together there in the, in the line. Uh, we, we chit chat. It was a pleasure to meet her. She told me about her daughters and how happy she is that her daughters have sisters because she never had a sister. She has us. So thank you, Tracy. We feel that way about you too. And, uh, and then I had to like tell her like, okay, I know we just met, but I have to ask you this big favor. I forgot a photo ID. She's like, okay, just leave it to me. Leave it to me. She (laughs) totally took command. And then they opened the doors and were slowly like the line is winding, winding, winding around to the actual security desk. And I know my friend Deborah is like, why did I bring this loser with me? Right. Wouldn't you feel that way? Like, oh, great. You know, your plus one is supposed to be the like professional guest who just slides in and could go anywhere. And I have the loser plus one who didn't even bring her ID. But who's standing there when we get to the front of the line? But Tracy... And she is signaling over to, I think his name was Juan, who was in our line. She's like, she points at me. She calls to Juan. She's like, she's good. Let her in. And and boom, I'm in. Boom. Tracy is powerful, Liz. Totally powerful. So, Tracy, I cannot thank you enough. You saved my plus one status because what I was worried about is that Deborah would never invite me to anything again, right? Because you wouldn't. Why would you do that? You don't need some loser. Uh, That's 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 really something I would do. I'm I'm so surprised at you, Liz. Thank you, Sheila. And uh, anyway, so, Tracy, it was a pleasure to meet you. It was really fun. And thank you for the extra service, which was above and beyond. And that's really what the Satellite Sister is all about. You know, the Satellite Sister who bails you out when you've made some rookie move like that. So then Deborah and I got in, and we were standing on the red carpet for a while, watching everyone come in. And they do, you know, it is just fun 
fun to see them all dressed up and to see and because the SAG Awards they give out prizes to whole casts you know there's an ensemble award so it means oftentimes the whole cast for the show arrives at the same time so instead of seeing people kind of wandering up one at a time with their publicist you see the whole cast of like Brooklyn Nine-Nine all together so Mm. so that was super fun and then Deborah and I went in and it's a dinner if you watch it on TV you can see that so all the cool people are down front and all the let's just call us industry people or like way in the back out of camera range. So we were way in the back, but because we were there so early, we spent all of the cocktail hour time just sort of milling around, looking at who was seated next to who because they had place cards at every scene. So, you know, you may have noticed at Satellite Sisters at the Facebook group, I did, um, post a picture of Matthew McConaughey's place card (laughs) (laughs) just to prove that I was actually in the room and close to the spot where Matthew McConaughey was going to be seated, even though he wasn't there when I was standing there. So, um, but it was a really fun night. So thank you, Tracy. And, uh, you know, I think I earned back my, uh, platinum plus one status, uh, with my friend Deborah. So now onto more, uh, and entertainment news because, you know, the Super Bowl is today and it's pretty much, you know, there's some football. I heard on the radio this morning that there's only actually 17 minutes of football in the whole thing. Oh, you're kidding. No, that can't be. That's not right. <laughs> no, was 17 minutes of actual action, Julie. It was something like that. Something crazy. Anyway, there's a lot more time spent on the ads than there is on the football. So I've seen most of them. I posted on the Facebook group the BMW ad with Katie Couric and um, and Brian Gumble. Have any of you guys seen that? Yeah. I did. I I saw it. I I liked it, Liz. You, you know, like it because they they were so cute on the morning show and uh, and they it just I, I, I know, but it just makes me so sad now because Matt Lauer's on that show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care for Matt Lauer. So I wish Katie and Bryant were back on. That's why I like the ad. I So, well, people are posting comments, Julie, and I can see already that it's breaking like right in half. The people that loved the Today Show and loved Katie and Bryant together on the Today Show really like this ad, like mm-hmm. you and like Leon And like Kathy Douglas says, I think it's cute. So does Ron, her husband. There are lots of people here that really liked it. Um the uh, And then there are others like me that never really watched the Today Show or didn't really feel any connection to those two as a duo, though I do like Katie. So Kathleen and Susan, they agree with me. I said I think they look like n- nincompoops. And it's not, just, it's not just that they didn't understand the Internet. None of us did. Uh, as Catherine points out, we didn't even know what podcasting was when we started podcasting, <laughs> right? So good point. There was just something about, they just felt really like, oh, they're in this super cool car and oh, they don't understand their car. I don't know. It really didn't do it for me. So I think, uh, I think that one, if you like it, not surprisingly, if you like Katie and Brian, you're going to like that ad. So other ads that have made uh, the news already. Have you seen the Budweiser Lost Dog ad? I know. I, I really brings me to tears. What do you think, sisters? I haven't seen it. Oh, oh I Monica. Seen it. Oh, I have to see it. Yeah. Oh, Monica, you would love this. It is about 
a little yellow lab yellow getting lab. lost. So this dog looks exactly like your dog, Quinn. Okay. Quinn is a puppy. So you're going to enjoy that. Well, there's another excellent dog moment, not as good as that, but Ma- the Mountain Dew ad, which, I, you know, I'm not really the target audience for Mountain Dew, but they have some other product now that's called like Kickstart or Rush Start or something. Anyway, the guys, of course, it's like kids sitting on a couch playing a video game. They drink this and then hilarity ensues. But the hilarity ensues includes a dancing dog who, when you get your first couple of looks at this dancing dog, I think you're going to see how much this dancing dog looks like my dog, Ferris. Now, I've looked at the ad 10 times, so I see that this dancing dog (laughs) is actually a full-on sheep dog, not not just a fluffy mutt like my dog. But if you like dogs, I think there is a dog moment in the Mountain Dew ad that you are really going to like. So um, you plan to rate that ad very highly, Liz, because mm-hmm. of the similarities to Ferris. Is that's, that correct? that's correct, Julie. That is correct. Okay. That's that's how scientific my process is. Okay, <laughs> sounds very solid, Liz. <laughs> then the uh, a couple of other like tearjerker ads. One is Dove for Men. I don't know if you've seen this one yet, but no. they have an ad about what it means to be a dad and. I'm just, I'm going to go, you're going to love it. It's just, okay. it's just beautiful. It's, do, you need, you know, do you need a hanky? I mean, do you start to cry? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's all, I don't want to try to describe it because it's so simple that it kind of, um, even describing it would bring, would bring it down, but it's very. Would bring, would bring you to tears. Yes, it would. <laughs> you know, uh, like, so I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, it's, it is super emotional. So, and targeted at men, obviously it's dubbed for men. So we'll see how that goes over, but I think it's a total winner. That one totally won me over. You guys know, uh, you know, Monica, you and I just got back from vacation in Ecuador and, uh, when we were in the Galapagos, Ecuador, all you need is Ecuador. Ecuador is the first country ever to buy an ad on the Super Bowl. Did you know that? No. I did not know that. I yep. would be surprised that, you know, the, that somebody else hadn't done that. But okay, like Mexico or something. But nope. Okay. nope. So uh, I was really rooting for little Ecuador, you know, because <laughs> we loved it there. Go Ecuador. I would say the ad itself, <laughs> they need to like dump ad for Eat24, which is one of those apps that, that you use for delivering food like Grubhub or so. And it has Gilbert Gottfried in it, who I really don't like. Yeah. And Snoop Dogg, who really, come on. Um, but Gilbert Gottfried uses the phrase um, pants discomfort, which I think, <laughs> which really made me laugh. And so I enjoyed that ad too. Just pants discomfort. I think that's going to work its way into the popular lexicon uh, based on this ad. So watch today. Any comments you want to make on the Super Bowl ads, go to the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. I posted just the BMW ad, but you know, you can comment there on anything. And uh, I think some of my comments are going to be, should be in the New York Post tomorrow. So if you feel like Googling around. I'm part of a panel, so I tried to be highly quotable, but we'll see, you know, we'll see how much I make it into the final story. Uh, So there you have it, sisters. Excellent job, Liz. Super Bowl Sunday precap. It's it's the pregame show just for the advertising part of the game. 
Liz, you're always ahead of the curve. You're always, you know, yes. you know that's what we count on. So thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Uh, so what do people have planned this week? Julie, are, do you and Leanne have a uh, Downton Gabby coming up? We're, we're at Downton Gabby. Yes, Liz. That we're, we will be watching uh, Downton Abbey uh, later tonight or tomorrow. I mean, um, and certainly we'll be talking about that on Tuesday. And, you know, we like to go deep on shallow top- topics on Tuesday. So you can expect a jam-packed show. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to Miami. You are? Oh, 